The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ole Miss fans, fasten your seatbelts. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. It's your chance to talk Ole Miss sports with Rebel coaches and your host, Chuck Roundsville of the Ole Miss Spirit, covering Ole Miss sports for 35 years. Are you ready? We're ready. Are you ready? The lines are open at 888-808-8637. Let's play, fellas. Now, let's talk Ole Miss sports with Chuck. Hotty toddy, Rebel Nation. Welcome to the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. We're coming back on the air after taking last week off due to spring break, uh, but got a lot to deal with tonight. Uh, basketball, baseball, spring football, the whole works, and I'm joined by my sidekick, Mr. Yancey Porter. Yancey, how you doing, buddy? Doing good. How you been the last couple of weeks? Been good, been good. Uh, didn't do a lot during spring break. Uh, had a lot, you of, didn't. a lot of babysitting to do. There you go. <laughs> I understand. How about you? Uh, kind of the same thing. We went to Chattanooga and then went to uh, the SEC tournament. My wife was working in both towns, so had a good experience until the uh, until the second half of the game there. Yeah, yeah, that was, was kind of uh, crazy, wasn't it? Yeah, I uh, watched it. Obviously, watched it on television, and uh, of course, Ben Garrett was there, and uh, I just didn't see that coming. I, I after that first half, I kind of faded in and out. You know, lost lost a little interest i said well we're gonna blow alabama out and then i turned back over there and golly we're just playing horrible yeah it's really been the last five minutes of the games that have hurt Ole miss last six seven games but this one was really the whole second half they just were not themselves and obviously with uh td and tyree having i think a combined nine points that had a lot to do with it yeah well they're the catalysts they're the ones that make it go for sure uh, but even at that, uh, the Rebels, as expected, yeah, NCAA tournament bound, uh, which is fantastic news. Uh, but everybody knew they were in. But I don't think anybody predicted an eight seed. I think I think most people nine. were saying nine or ten. 
And uh, after the SEC showing, tournament showing, uh, some people were even saying 11, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> Well, i tell you what, it wouldn't have been bad if they would have gotten 10 seed. That's always a better matchup. But if they were going to get an 8-9 matchup, being in the Virginia uh, bracket is definitely the one that I thought was more favorable. They don't have a whole lot of big men. They're not a, a plus rebounding team or a plus block shot team. So uh, we got to get Miss, past Oklahoma first. Yeah, sure they do. <laughs> but I'm talking about the, the infamous second round matchup. If you win that first yeah. round, you got to face the one seed. So I, yeah. I like the bracket. Yeah, and Oklahoma, they're not a big team either. No, they've got no. a. Six nine kid. It's averaging about twelve points, six rebounds. Uh, six seven kid, eleven points, seven Stretch rebounds. Stretch four guys, and then they got a six four guy that's probably be a pretty good matchup for Terrence Davis. That's averaging. He's the leading scorer, fourteen point four per game. They're uh, nineteen thirteen, and they were not very good seven and eleven. And mm-hmm. but we'll have Kermit Davis on tonight at six fifteen. Our co-host to tell us all the details about Kansas. Uh, and then uh, at Oklahoma. 6.30, we're going to have Mike Bianco on. He's coming off of a rough week. Uh, well, he won the SEC series. And anytime you win two out of three, I know a sweep is what he wanted against Alabama at home. But two out of three is the goal. I mean, but they lost three out of five games, Chuck, last yeah, week. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, they know Louisville's number four in the country. Sure. So, sure. at Louisville. So, sure. I, I mean, I'm not panicking yet. Some no, I'm are. not panicking at all. But they dropped from seven to nine to 18 to 20 in the polls. So there was. Yeah. Uh, and, and deservedly so. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Well, we'll have Mike on at 6.30. And we'll be right back uh, after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motors Mississippi Railway Yell Hotline. Hang tight. Make 2019 a special year with a new vehicle from Cannon Chevrolet. We have a large inventory to meet your needs. Shop our inventory 24-7 at nobodybeatsacannondeal.com or stop by our dealerships in Greenwood or Cleveland test drive the new sporty Chevy Malibu, the family-friendly Chevy Tahoe, and the strong Chevy Silverado. And remember, when the smoke clears, nobody beats a Cannon deal. Nobody. Chevrolet, buy a new road. If you own an SUV or light truck, finding the perfect tire just got a whole lot easier. Let Gateway Tire and Service Centers show you what the Geolander HT GO56 can do for your daily drive. Thanks to an advanced all-season compound and unique tread features, it is one of the longest-lasting light truck tires on the road. See them today at Gateway and find out about the 70,000-mile warranty. Check out the new Geolander HT GO56 at Gateway Tire and Service Center and see what could be the perfect tire for your light truck or SUV. Why get iPhone XS on the C Spire network? For that business trip to Chicago when your son sends a funny memoji. <laughs> For Aunt Ella's birthday where your iPhone XS dual lens camera takes the picture everyone wants. <laughs> get the most from iPhone XS with twice the nationwide LTE. iPhone XS and C Spire for every moment. 
Seaspire, customer inspired. For a limited time, buy the latest iPhone. Get one on us. Details at seaspire.com. The farm provides us with many things, and it means many things. From crops to cattle, poultry, and timber, the farm is vital to our everyday lives. It's a place to enjoy the outdoors and where many traditions are born. Whatever the farm means to you, let First South Farm Credit finance it. We're ready to help you make your dream of land ownership or farming your own land a reality. Visit FirstSouthland.com, equal housing lender. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. All right, welcome back. Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. You want to own the Galaxy for a limited time? Buy the brand new Samsung Galaxy S10 with C Spire and get one free. Golly, that's a heck of a deal. Hmm. Get the best Galaxy experience on the best network now with twice the nationwide LTE. C Spire, customer inspired. Let's go to the control room and uh, let Jack Schultz take uh, Old Miss Sports News. Take it away, Rhino. <laughs> It's time now for Ole Miss Sports News, brought to you by Rebel Rags on Jackson Avenue, Oxford. Tell them about it, Molly. Rebel Rags. Anything, everything, Ole Miss. Hotty toddy, the Rebels are dancing. Ole Miss received its first bid to the NCAA tournament since 2015 last night. Kermit Davis, in his first year at the helm of the program, led his team from preseason projected 14th place in the conference to an 8th seed in March Madness, earning SEC Coach of the Year honors. Ole Miss faces nine-seeded Oklahoma in Columbia, South Carolina for the first round on Friday at 11.40 Central Time. The Sooners enter the week with a 19-13 overall record, 7-11 out of the Big 12. Should Ole Miss win on Friday, they will face the winner of the 1-16 game between Virginia and Gardner-Webb on Sunday. The postseason berth for the men's hoops team headlined an overall great weekend in Ole Miss athletics. The Rebel baseball team defeated Alabama two games to one in their SEC opening series. Mike Bianco's squad dominated the rubber match yesterday, led by five innings of shutout baseball from Gunnar Hogland. Hogland finished the day with eight strikeouts, giving up just two walks and two hits over five-plus innings. The offense exploded on the other side, led by Greg Kessinger, who tallied three doubles in the two-hole on the way to a convincing 12-2 win over the Tide. Ole Miss faces Arkansas Pine Bluff in a pair of midweek games this week at home before traveling to Missouri this weekend. Meanwhile, the softball team completed a perfect 4-0 weekend just across campus. The Rebels won two over Samford and two over number 18 Oklahoma State, run-ruling the ranked Cowgirls 10-1 in five innings yesterday. Mike Smith's team is now 21-7 overall, 2-1 in SEC play, riding a seven-game win streak. They face South Carolina on the road this weekend. That's a good week of Rebel sports with a really exciting week upcoming. Back to Chuck and Yancey. Thank you, Jack. Good job as usual. Uh, Yancey, uh, spring football resumes this week. Tomorrow, we'll get to see a few periods tomorrow. We really hadn't gotten to see much as media members, but uh, what we've seen has been pretty intense, uh, focused. I, I like the I like the way the kids are flying around, but it, uh, I'd love to see some hitting, and I'm sure we will in the spring game, uh, the Grove Bowl, April 6th. But uh, – 
until then, we're kind of just guessing what's going on a little bit uh, yeah. from a media standpoint. Uh, my some of my insiders have told me that uh, uh, you know a little concerned about the left side of the offensive line, a little concerned about the uh, the experience of the wide receivers. But they but Braylon Sanders is out right now with an ankle injury. They think when he comes back, that'll help shore that up. Um, you know, obviously. Uh, Matt Corral is not very experienced, but but they I understand from some inside sources that he's taken this uh, offense of Rich Rodriguez by the by the horns and is really doing a good job of running the offense. And uh, I think uh, somebody else on the inside told me that the defensive players really love the three four, and they think they have the personnel to run it if they can nail down the nose guard. That makes sense. I mean, you're you're looking at inexperience on the offense where they really lost a lot to graduation in the draft. And, and then defensively, you know, they didn't ever really play a true nose guard last season. So, I mean, I, you know, is Benito, can he be that guy? I don't know. Uh, well, right now, Yancey, they've got Benito and Josiah running defensive ends. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was told by Freddie Roach uh, the other day that, I uh, ran into him during spring break, and he said, look, Benito and Josiah can play any of the three positions. Yeah. Yeah. So if we don't find that anchor guy, if it's not Sincere David or, or uh, you know, K.D. Hill or some of the others that are working there at Nose Tackle right now, he said, I've got no hesitation to move either Benito or Josiah into, into the uh, Nose Tackle position. Yeah, it's just experience. Uh, again, like the offense, you know, they, they lost a lot. The defense is bringing back a lot. So naturally the concerns are going to be more offensively right now, which is quite a different, uh, tune than we've sang, uh, the last, yeah, I don't know, several years, several years since the defense, uh, but you know, I, ideally I would love to, to see sincere David come out. Sure. And be the guy. He's 335, 340 pounds. A, a two-gap guy, and that's what you want out of your nose guard. If he can do that and allow Benito and Josiah to stay on the on the at the defensive end positions, mm-hmm. which is kind of like a three technique, uh, man, I think we we could be pretty salty on that defensive line. You think Chucky, uh, Chucky, not not Chucky, but he Riley, he he fits great there in that three-four. But Shepard playing on the outside there at linebacker, does he have the the twitch and the movement to play outside. They say he's doing real well. Uh, that's Sam, what I want to see more. Sam Williams is a guy that's, yeah, that's sure. also coming around. Um, in fact, Brandon in fact, Williams is going to be playing there. Yeah, uh, but in know, fact, Yancey, just the opposite is holding true from my source. They're saying that Kadir is taking to it like duck from uh, in water. Right, but that Wiley is the one struggling a little really? bit. Really, they said that you know that he's he's. He's having a hard time picking up some things. Uh, he's got a great attitude in his in his attack in the position. Sure, but just uh, picking up the system. But right now, the two top ones would be Sam Williams, the JUCO transfer that just mm-hmm. got here in January, mm-hmm. and Kadir Shepard. Well, it's At always the outside linebacker. It's we're always talking been about. that way with Chucky. It's not ability. It's not attitude. It's just picking it up, and yeah. that that doesn't surprise me. Going to a brand new system, you know, yeah. that that makes sense. Yeah. 
All right, we'll be right back with uh, Kermit Davis Jr., the SEC Coach of the Year. Yeah. After these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motors and Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Hang tight. Make 2019 a special year with a new vehicle from Cannon Chevrolet. We have a large inventory to meet your needs. Shop our inventory 24-7 at nobodybeatsacannondeal.com or stop by our dealerships in Greenwood or Cleveland. Test drive the new sporty Chevy Malibu, the family-friendly Chevy Tahoe, and the strong Chevy Silverado. And remember, when the smoke clears, nobody beats a Cannon deal. Nobody. Chevrolet, find new road. If you own an SUV or light truck, finding the perfect tire just got a whole lot easier. Let Gateway Tire and Service Centers show you what the Geolander HT GO56 can do for your daily drive. Thanks to an advanced all-season compound and unique tread features, it is one of the longest-lasting light truck tires on the road. See them today at Gateway and find out about the 70,000-mile warranty. Check out the new Geolander HT GO56 at Gateway Tire and Service Center and see what could be the perfect tire for your light truck or SUV. Why get iPhone XS on the C Spire network? For that business trip to Chicago when your son sends a funny emoji. <laughs> For Aunt Ella's birthday where your iPhone XS dual lens camera takes the picture everyone wants. <laughs> get the most from iPhone XS with twice the nationwide LTE. iPhone XS and C Spire. For every moment. C Spire. Customer inspired. For a limited time, buy the latest iPhone. Get one on us. Details at cspar.com. Avanek and Steinman is chosen for its excellence, brilliance, and fire. Avanek and mount is then chosen for its intricate craftsmanship and detailing. Whether the mount is a beautiful crafted piece from the past or a specially designed piece from the present, the results are the same. Wow. When you want to say forever, say it with class, say it with love. But most of all, say it with a Van Ackes diamond because you know she's worth it. Van Ackes Jewelers, store downtown New Albany or VanAckens.com. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. All right, welcome back to Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yo Hotline. We're very pleased now to have the our co-host, number one, number two, the SEC Coach of the Year, and number three, in his first year, has taken the Ole Miss Rebels to the big dance as an eighth seed, Kermit Davis Jr. How are you doing, brother? Doing good, guys. Good to be with you. Hey, are, are you kind of have to pinch yourself? You kind of live in a fairy tale <laughs> right now, aren't you? Well, I don't know. That Alabama game, I, I must fair tell it was. So we're, we're just Me trying, and you to, both. trying to get better. Yeah, but it really it's been, it was a great day yesterday, guys. No question about it. I mean, it's only the ninth time in the school history that 
that Ole Miss has been in NCAA tournament and uh, first time in at large, I think, maybe since 2002. And and to get an eighth seed is, you know, shows the respect that they kind of have for our, our program and our team and, and especially the SEC. Coach, listen, uh, I, I'm, I'm not kissing your tail when I say this, but you absolutely – deserve being the SEC Coach of the Year, and congratulations. Well, thank you. That's uh, It really is. It's, it's quite an honor with the group of elite coaches that there are in the SEC. And, you know, you go against them every night, and you just learn to appreciate how good of coaches and recruiters that they are. And uh, But, you know, like, but it really is. It's a, it's a tribute to the players and the staff and how hard they've worked. And, boy, this year went by really, really quickly. And to kind of be where we are. Uh, kind of really a year from the press conference is uh, a tribute to a lot, a lot of good people working for us. Coach, I, I, I'm not going to dwell on that uh, second half of the game against Alabama, but after you dissect it, do you, do you even look at that or, <laughs> or do you just trash it and move on? No, our, our team, the very next morning at 8 o'clock, our team watched the entire game in Nashville before we headed back and uh, – you know, we uh, that offense a little bit affect defense. You know, we held them 62 points, so you think that's that's plenty. Now, these games, mm-hmm. as we all know, at the end of these leagues and tournaments, a lot of times they get lower scoring. And uh, but you know, Brian and TD, who've had really good years, go four for 27 from the field. You know, Brian three for 16, TD one for 11. Oh, uh, you know, yeah. four or five of those shots for maybe other guys, but for the most part. Uh, guys took the same exact shots they've been making all year long. And even with that, you know, we have the ball up two a couple times, and we had the mismatch we wanted to with uh, the big kid on, on Brian. And, you know, usually he just he makes those plays. And we just didn't make them that night and give Alabama credit. Coach, have you seen any pattern in the last three to five minutes in games that, that you've had difficulty with the last six, seven games? You know, we uh, we turned the ball over. I mean, Brian has turned the ball over a couple times. TD's turned it over. So, you know, what you try to do is you try to get the ball in your best player's hands. And, uh, you know, those guys got to go make plays at the end of these clocks. And and we have we have turned it over. We have Brian turned it over a couple times against Tennessee, TD the other night. Uh, you know, so uh, those are the things that we'll keep working on, you know. And, I mean, Obviously, Tennessee, we could have made a one-and-one, and and maybe the game was was over. But uh, there's been a lot of really good things that happen in those games. You know, it's just been hard-fought games. And we've talked about it on this show before. You know, if just two or three of those shots maybe don't go in, uh, you know, we may be sitting here as a a five seed and, and, you know, 24 wins. So it's just a life of the SEC. But I would say turnovers and just – and Bruce Stevens in the second half doesn't get a rebound. And he and Dom played 40 minutes together and get two rebounds in that game. So you've you, you yeah, got to have bigs that can finish possessions. I mean, you see these high-level games, guys that go change shots at the rim, and they just go outside the area and just go get a rebound, stick it in for one on offensive rebounds, or just finish the possession defensively. And right now, we're not doing that with those guys. Coach, at the end of the games, it looks like – of couple of players are a little hesitant to shoot the shoot the ball. Is that by design to get it to Tyree, or are you seeing a little hesitation from the other guys as well to close out the games? I, I couldn't I couldn't hear you. Oh, you broke up what now? 
at the end of the games, it looks like to me that a couple of the players are hesitant to shoot the ball, and then they're dumping it off to Tyree. Is that by design, or are they getting a little hesitant to shoot the ball? No, no. I said, you know, we want – I mean, Brian's a guy that we'd like to have the ball in his hands. You know, I don't know who may have been hesitant. Uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe KJ, but we don't want him shooting untimely threes at the end of games. You know, he's got to drive the ball. And so, you know, the, usually the, you know, we try to maybe go to Bruce inside. He missed a post-up move. And uh, it really it wasn't hesitation. Like the last four minutes of that game, we – we, we, we kind of what we call smash action to get a big switched on to our perimeter like everybody else in the college basketball does. And, you know, we just couldn't take advantage of it. And, uh, you know, so uh, hopefully those guys, T.D. and Bree and the balls in their hands along with Devontae and maybe Bruce at the post, you know, to be able to, uh, to finish off games. Coach, let's move on. Uh, Lon Kruger, veteran coach, Oklahoma. Have you ever met him head-to-head? Uh, no, it's the first time we've ever, I've known Ron for a long time, but it's the first time I've ever coached against one of his teams. So he's, Obviously. he really is. He's a really good coach, and uh, he's done a great job at Oklahoma. You got kind of, it looks to me like, pretty favorable matchup with Oklahoma, at least size-wise. You got a 6'4 guy that there's leading score, 14 points. Seems like a decent matchup for Terrence, and a 6'9 guy might be a good matchup for Bruce. Six seven guy might be a good matchup for Blake or KJ, perhaps. Yeah, you know the, the, they they worry you because they really kind of have a six seven turn thirty pound post guy, uh, Doolittle, that's really come on in the in the Big Twelve, and he's kind of undersized, and he can really face you. Doesn't make a three, but he's like seventeen eighteen feet. They really like to isolate him facing the bucket, so, you know, Bruce and Don got to guard him. Uh, Christian James, you know, kind of their lead scorer is kind of, he's averaging about 12 in Big 12 play, and uh, they've got a really good freshman guard that a lot of guys in the Big 12 say one of the most improved players, the enemy, and so then it's kind of a typical line scene. They take care, they take advantage of mismatches and, and play fast and transition, but you're exactly right. They're no, like, LSU Kentucky, Alabama, with that kind of SEC length on the back line, just blocking a bunch of shots. Coach, uh, they beat – you, you got to – our fans have to understand that they beat Kansas by 13. They beat West Virginia by 12. You know, these guys can beat you if you don't play good basketball. Oh, yeah. I mean, they had Kansas 70-47 to 47 in the game I watched earlier this morning, and – you know, beat Texas, won at TCU. Uh, you know, so it's it's a team that, like you said, you look at them. I mean, they're, I mean, they're deserving. Their team went to a little lull in, in Big Twelve play, like they'll do in, you know, in some good leagues. But it's a good team. And then these, these all these eight nine matchups, they're eight nine for a reason. Yeah, sure Oklahoma <laughs> thinks they got a great chance beating Ole Miss. We sure think we have a a good chance to beat Oklahoma. And those eight nine games are usually great, great games. Friday. Columbia, South Carolina, 11.40 a.m. Central Time. Is that early game? Any concerns with time of the contest? Or just, hey, both teams got to play then, and that's the way it is? Yeah, you know, we, we've done really well on these road 12 o'clock games. You know, at Mississippi State, at Georgia, uh, the Missouri game was a little earlier, not quite that early. So, uh, no, not at all. I mean, I, I think that's a life when you kind of play in the SEC. You get used to those, and so – 
we have a, a game day routine, you know, built for that time of the day. And, uh, you know, so I think our guys are very comfortable with it, and uh, we look forward to it. I, I kind of like those afternoon games, you know, get them – you know, you know, sit around the hotel and just go play, and uh, it's going to be an unbelievable regional with that game, and you got Virginia and Duke, and I mean, it really is going to be some outstanding teams there. Now, you beat Oklahoma. You got who? Vir- win a Virginia matchup. Yeah. yeah. That's, they're the number one seed, right? They are. So, yeah, I think uh, we match up well with them, too, Coach. Size-wise, they're, they're a team that's not real big as well. I mean, they've got some, but they're not a plus rebounding, plus uh, protect the rim type team. So, I, I like our matchup there as well. Yeah, just very well coached, disciplined, but not going to be a ton of possessions in the game, you know, but maybe the best put together defensively in college basketball. Yeah, Greg that's Gard, true. You know, and maybe have two guys could be first-round picks, but you're right, they're – SEC is a little different just with length at the rim, and uh, but it's it's a really good team. I, I sure hope that we're fortunate enough to play well against Oklahoma and get that chance on, on Sunday. That'd be fun. <laughs> well, good luck Friday, Coach. We'll be glued in to our seats and watching every second of it. Uh, we're ready. And uh, good luck, man. Well, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Keep your fingers crossed for the Rebels. And uh, as always, great to be with you. Thank Thanks, you, Coach. Thank Herman you, Davis Thank you, Jr. Wow. I can't wait I'm, for Friday. That's going to be fun. I wanted to ask him if he comes to the theory of playing in this tournament a number of times that he has that besides the top two teams, two seed teams, and the two bottom seed teams, uh, you could throw everybody else just in a bucket and, and it kind of so, washes too. out. It's I, just who plays well. Yeah. yeah. I, that's certainly the, the case with eight and nine. No. With Ole Miss and Oklahoma, who just sure. who plays well It's going to win it. I mean, even at 12 fives in, yeah. in every matchup, it looks about the same yeah. talent each year to me. Rebel Flashback brought to you by Abner's Famous Chicken Tenders, locations at Oxford, University Avenue off the square. That's the original Tupelo, Memphis, and Brandon. Man, what a difference a year makes. Last season, Ole Miss basketball lost 20 games and was 5-13 and 13 mm. in the SEC. The results caused longtime Reb coach Andy Kennedy to gracefully and rightfully bow out and head to the broadcast booth where he has done a terrific job in his humble opinion. Amen. Anyway, the season as a, was a disaster with little or no teamwork, dissension, and some insubordination. Enter Cameron Davis Jr. and his staff. First, they did a masterful job of getting players to stay. Second, they convinced those same players who lost 20 games to buy into a new system that included tough defense and structured offense. Hmm. Third, they coached the hell out of them. In the end, 20 losses turned into 20 wins. Rebel Flashback brought to you by Abner's Famous Chicken Tenders. We'll be right back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motors Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Hang tight. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. 
The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. Back in town, Cannon Motors of Mississippi Railway Hotline back on the air. Coach uh, Mike Bianco, we're joined now by the head baseball coach. Mike, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Chuck? We're doing great. Obviously, we know the the goal is always a sweep, uh, but two out of three in the SEC series is a success, in my opinion. Talk about what you feel like the team did good over the weekend, and and uh, what wasn't so good. Well, yeah, I think if you if you look at the weekend, you start off on Friday night and uh, to win one nothing, you know uh, those baseball purists, you know, were smiling at that game. But uh, you got to be able to do that, you know, in our league sometimes. And uh, you know, to watch Will Etheridge, you know, run out there on Friday night and pitch as well as he did uh, you know, against a team that's playing really, really good baseball. I think they were on a 12 game winning streak. And, you know, for us to pitch a, a, a shutout on Friday night was huge. Of course, you know, uh, you talked about the sweep, you know, that didn't happen, but be able to bounce back on, on Sunday, uh, Gunnar Hoagland, you know, pitched, uh, the best that he's pitched all year. And you could tell he's, you know, starting to gain some confidence. The, 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 the fastball was more explosive, better command with it. And then we looked more like ourselves. We, we struggled probably for about five games in a row offensively and uh, were able to put up 12 runs on Sunday. So it was a good way. And I think any time that you went on Sunday, it's a good feeling. You know, last year uh, we were able to finish weekends. You know, uh, we were 12-2 and two and 8-2 at uh, the, the, the conference, but 12-2 and two overall uh, on Sundays. And when you do that, you end up you know, winning a lot of weekends. Saturday was, you know, just just a bad day for both teams. Usually, you don't see that both teams play that poorly, but both teams didn't catch it, didn't pitch it. Uh, the difference was they swung it a little bit better. They had some more hits than we did. And, and, uh, and even with that, we were in it, but uh, you know, just couldn't get the, the big hit after we scored some runs early. Coach, I thought that uh, Etheridge and, and Hogland both pitched as good as they've pitched all mm-hmm. year in, in their starts. But the guy that, to me, that's kind of being overlooked in, in the conversations I've heard on, like, uh, the Mississippi Sports Show you were just on earlier is Austin Miller. Um, talk a little bit about him. And you, you seem to really like him in, in that long uh, relief jo- uh, role. He's done terrific, you know, when you, you look at the games that he's pitched in and, and done some different things. He's been able to get us out, you know, off the field in some innings where, you know, uh, you, you think you're all right and then all of a sudden it gets messy out there. He's been able to come in and get, get us off the field, but he's also been able to get extended, give us two or three innings and, uh, you know, a few times where maybe on, even on a Friday night where, uh, we started to extend the lead. Cause there's two things that he does really well that helps us. One is he's a striker. 
thrower. He does not walk people. He, he fills up the strike zone. So anytime you got a lead, you want people that does, you know, that's not going to get the, the, the opponents, you know, free base runners. But the other thing is he's got a swing and miss breaking ball. You know, he's got a big time curveball. And, uh, and so he can use that to get out of jams and strike out some hitters. So yeah, you're right, Chuck. You know, not just this weekend, but, you know, throughout the season, he, he, you know, him and Connor Green, you know, have really stepped it up to this year as far as, you know, those guys that are kind of that middle relief role and before he gets crazy. Coach, the old saying goes that, you know, in baseball, defense and pitching is, is what you can always stay consistent. Hitting goes up and down. We saw the last five games, the hitting was down. It made a comeback there Sunday, but the pitching, I know that's kind of been the thorn is, is finding a starter or two now that Hoglin is really coming around. I think you feel pretty good about the one-two combo, that third guy. You said you were going to make a change uh, this weekend, I, I believe, in the post game. Have you made any decisions yet on this weekend? Yeah, we're going to go with uh, Doug McKenzie, and he'll pitch on Saturday, so he'll take Phillips' spot. So in these two games against uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff, we'll go with Fowler and bring uh, you know Phillips back, who started on Saturday but only won an inning in the third or inning in two thirds, and he'll pitch on Wednesday uh, and give give him a chance to get back out on the field and get that bad taste out of his mouth. But it, knowing that he pitches on Wednesday. Uh, you know, I uh, thought it was a good time to get that Doug, you know, a weekend start. You know, Doug pitched really well uh, two weeks in a row for us He's in, against two really good teams. Uh, he pitched in a game where we almost got no hit and, you know, deserved to beat, you know, that East Carolina uh, uh, team a couple weeks ago. And then uh, certainly pitched well enough again at Louisville on the road uh, after giving up, you know, got two runs in his first five or uh, first three pitches, and uh, and it really helped him at pay the rest of the way. And so uh, excited that he'll be able to run out there on, on Saturday for us. Coach, Coach I'm sorry. Uh, Coach, this season, three of your top five returning pitchers in Fowler and Greer and, and Roth haven't given you much due to most of them injuries. I think that's what's really, you know, has caused uh, the instability of the pitching staff. Do you see it that way too? And where are they on their injuries? Where, how far back are each of those three? Well, you know, you're right, and it, and it's kind of weird thing. It's you know, usually when you point to pitchers' injuries, it's you know, hey, he's got a you know, a tender tenderness in his elbow or shoulder, and it's it's something where there's like a time limit where you know, hey, in you know, two three weeks we'll be back up, and you know, Raw, uh, I think a lot of you know, you know, injured his his non throwing shoulder uh, just a couple days before opening day, and he had a bad badly sprained AC joint. Thankfully, it's his non throwing shoulder, but the, the bad thing is you use that arm as well. You know, every time sure. you throw, both of those arms go up. And, you know, when you're trying to command, and that's really the type of pitcher, you know, as Houston is, he's a four-pitch, really command guy. And, uh, and you know, that really, I think, affected, you know, certainly that the beginning of the last three or four, for the first three or four weeks of the season, his command, and he just wasn't able to throw the ball the way he's capable of. Uh, it's affected the velocity a little bit, but, I, you know, I think more of his struggles has been with his command. Uh, the last two outings, you know, although, at Louisville, you know, was you know, it was a tough day for him. But he, you know, the, the the one uh, I guess silver lining is coming off the field. He felt good. Uh, you know, it was more just 
pitching and bad pitching than it was the injury. And then he felt good again, you know, uh, you know, uh, today after pitching on Sunday, you know, the last couple innings. So that's that's good. And I think he's on the mend on his way back. Fowler, you know, he's just kind of been up and down. He had a, you know. Uh, you know, a little trouble over the break, and he came back. And you know, he hasn't pitched. He didn't have a really good fall for us. And his is a, is a combination of a lot of things. It, it, so we just got to keep you know running him out there. He's had some good innings, but he hasn't had you know the, the great outing for us yet. And you're right. You know, we we need those two guys. And, and Greer's kind of been that 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 the one that you know was kind of the forgotten one just because he hasn't been out there. But. Uh, he threw a bullpen uh, on uh, on Sunday and uh, uh, was up to, to 91, and I think he's on his way back too. He nice. had shoulder soreness, and and uh, and so right. you know, hopefully, you know, all these guys are starting to you know find their way back. But you know, you're right. You know, when on a staff where you know we were searching for starters, there's three guys right there that you thought sure. were in the running, and you know, just because of some some weird things, they, they haven't had the opportunity. Yet. Coach, have, have you been able to dissect or, or analyze? Or, you know, I know all the, all about analytics now and everything, but where where has Zach run off the rails a little bit? Because he was terrific in fall and leading up to the season. Is he trying to be too fine? Say, say that. Which one? Zach Phillips. You know, um, you know, it's it's really. Uh, the command thing in the fall I thought was an issue for him, uh, but when he got back from January, he was really sharp. Uh, he's just been really inconsistent, you know, and he just, well, I, you know, I'd like to think Saturday was more of an anomaly in the sense that, you know, he, he hasn't done bad. He's been hit a little bit hit more than I thought he you know should be hit but uh, he just couldn't find the plate of course we didn't help him we make an error at the top of the first uh, we make an error in the top of the second you know he gave up two runs uh, but they were both unearned but the reason he comes out of the game is he walks four guys and you know, you haven't been out there two innings, and we're already behind two nothing. Uh, but but you know, he pitched really good two weeks ago against I thought a very good UAB team. Pitched uh, got into pitched seven innings, uh, and was as dominant as just about anybody all year long. So I think it's in him. Uh, we just got to get some more consistency. And just because he got moved to Wednesday, and I talked to him today, you know, we can never have too much uh, good pitching, you know. And so <laughs> uh, he just got to keep pitching and. He'll be back in there. Coach, talk to us a little bit, shifting gears on on the offensive side. Mm-hmm. You decided to put uh, Gray in the two-hole and Servideo leading off yesterday. Gray responded with three hits, five RBIs, three doubles. Uh, is that the kind of uh, thing that you might use moving forward, or was that just an experiment or what? <laughs> Well, I think we're we are, we're we're always trying to figure out the right combination, and and I think there's a trade-off, Chuck. To be honest, which I think sometimes you know you get you know you have some success and you kind of get stagnant with that lineup, and it's worked, and it's you know once you start to have success, I think sometimes it's it's a challenge to change it. And Gray's been so good at the leadoff spot that you know it's hard to change that. But you know, give Anthony because he's probably our most dynamic base runner a chance at the top. But but you he's got to be able to handle left hand pitching and he's got to be able to, to to get on base as well just because you run good doesn't make you a good leadoff guy you know and so uh 
again, but I, I think, you know, we, we have more issues, you know, towards the bottom than we do at the top, you know, you know especially when we're, we're swinging it well. And so we got to get some of the guys at the bottom swinging it better. Uh, those guys, I think, are interchangeable. To answer your question, I think, yeah, we'll, we'll continue to play with that, especially against right-handed starters. This weekend, though, you got three left-handed starters. And so uh, I'm not sure necessarily if we'll, we'll go with, it, with that lineup. Coach, is there any red flags in your eyes with the discrepancy of the uh, the batting average with left-handed pitchers versus right-handed pitchers? This is basically the same lineup as last season, and we didn't see yeah. that large of a – what's going on there? Well, I think the biggest thing is if you just look at the – you know, and this is not – calling out anybody, but if you just look at the guys that have gotten off the good starts and the guys that have struggled, there's more of our left-handed hitters got off the good starts, like Keenan, you know, again, talking, you know, at the beginning, Keenan's cooled down a little bit, but you look at Keenan, you look at Zebo, you know, especially the guys, you know, in the middle of the lineup, you know, we haven't had a lot of production from our right-handed hitters, you know, Greg, as you mentioned, Greg kind of got off to a slow start, and guys like Cockrell, Elko, you know, some of the right-handed guys Guys in, in the lineup, you know, uh, haven't swung it as well, and that's really been probably the biggest, you know, uh, culprit of the, the, the batting average versus mm-hmm. left-handed pitchers. We need some of those right-handed guys to, to handle it for us, you know, and uh, and you know they haven't, you know, done that. But again, that's a small snapshot. We, you know, but I, I think sure. that's part of the bottom line of the lineup that I talked about as well. You know, with, that we need some more production from, you know, the right field spot. You know, the DH, you know, down in that area that, uh, you know, and usually those are right-handed hitters. Talk to us a little bit about defense, Coach. Uh, 20 errors in 20 games, uh, is that norm? Uh, is that kind of where you expect it or too many or you know, 20 errors in 20 games is, is not bad. You know, if you can make okay. one error a game, you're pretty good defensively. The bad thing is, and I don't know it now, but, you know, before a couple games, uh, probably before this weekend, uh, I want to say we had six errors, like, through the first 12 games. So that's only a half an error a game. So that's outstanding. And then we made, you know, like, eight errors in, like, four games. So we are making, like, two <laughs> errors a game. And so, you know, we just, I think we lost a little bit of our swagger, to be honest with you, even with a veteran group out there. I think we lost a little bit of our swagger, a little bit of our mojo. And, uh, you know, we were better this weekend. We, you know, we're airless on Friday. We're airless on Sunday. We made two errors that I already mentioned on Saturday. And we're going to play good defense. I, I, you know, I have no doubt, you know, about the defense. We, we can really play, uh, at the, you know, at all the positions. And, you know, and so even though we made a few errors, and I think that's uncharacteristic. Characteristic that's that that probably been a bigger culprit of not playing good baseball. You know, then we got a little cold with the bats. Then you go on the road to Louisville, and all that's just not a good mix for success. Where you you don't catch it real well, you, the bats get a little cold, and and then you go on the road to play some, some good you know baseball teams. And so, but I'm not that uh, concerned with the defense. I mean, you know, you got to believe in Greg Kessinger, and you got to believe in Olenek at center, and Keenan at third, and you know Cooper Johnson's been outstanding behind the plate. Um, so. Uh, we, we, that's one thing that you know, we feel pretty good about, even though it hasn't been great this past week. So, last question, Coach, and appreciate you being so candid with us on because we're not trying to be all negative, but <laughs> no, no, but you know, we're we're just trying to get to the bottom of what's going on. Um, 
the guys that aren't producing that you talk about, Cockrell and Elko and some of those guys batting 200, 190, whatever, are they having good at-bats? I mean, are some of them hitting it hard? It's just, you know, tough outs, or, or are they just not looking comfortable at the plate? I think it's, you know, there's there's good bats in between. Obviously, I thought Elko had a great at-bat um, uh, to start the rally, you know, uh, on Sunday. Uh, we were down, I think it was a 0-0 game. He had, you know, we had two outs in the third uh, and uh, two strikes, 0-2, and ripped the base hit up the middle and really started that rally where we scored some runs. Uh, he had a big home run to get us uh, within two against Louisville in the bottom of the ninth. And so he's had some good at-bats, just not consistent enough. Uh, and we really like his bat. And, of course, we saw what Cockrell could do last year. So there are guys that aren't swinging it now, and uh, they're not having, you know, not consistent enough. Because when you're having consistent enough at-bats, uh, the, the, the hits are going to eventually come. You know, they may not come in this game or, the, you know, the next game, but eventually they come. You know, they've gotten to this point. Where you know, I think at times they they've been pressing and and uh, but you know, again you know I, I, we like them you know uh, it's time for them to get some you know, some better bats but we, we like them we think they're going to be a part of this. Coach, thank you so much thank for you, your man. time, man. Great answers. Uh, I'm caught up on baseball. Good yeah. luck this weekend. Well, first of all, good luck tomorrow and Wednesday. Uh, uh, Arkansas yeah, Pine Bluff, and then this weekend. Get on the road. Yeah. You take Big care, news. buddy. Thank, thank you. you for everything, Coach. All right. Thank you, guys. Okay. Mike Bianco, head baseball coach at Ole Miss. You uh, know what part of my ears, seeing Greer Holston throwing 91 uh, in that yeah. last bullpen yeah. session. I mean, yeah. he, he was so good last year. And as a freshman, he was a midweek starter in pitch against Southern Mississippi State. A lot of success. All That's right. big. We'll be right back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on Cannon Motors Mississippi Rebel Hotline. Hang tight. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. Been a long time since the rock and roll said Led Zeppelin. I don't believe that, but anyway. Welcome back, Cannon Motors Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Our final segment for tonight's show. Yancy, check this out. You know, we always ballyhoo the SEC as the strongest conference in America, and I believe that with all my heart. And I think in football for sure, basketball's gotten better i don't know that they're the best in the country obviously i think acc is but year in and year out but listen to this in baseball in the top 25 today's poll old miss is 18th you think that's pretty good right 
Mississippi State's number two, Georgia's number five, Vandy's number eight, LSU's number ten, Arkansas's number eleven, Auburn's number twelve, Texas A&M's number thirteen, Florida's number fourteen. Ole Miss is ninth in the SEC, yeah, that's... and South Carolina and Tennessee were in the top twenty-five last week, and they just fell out. Yeah, some fans think that Ole Miss should just be in the World Series every year. That nobody cares about baseball anywhere. But guess what? The SEC does, and that's who you're competing against. <laughs> Absolutely. And they got the facilities Ole Miss has. They have the money that Ole Miss is spending and receiving in baseball. Actually, Ole Miss is the is six in, in in revenue, so they're not even at the top. So there's a lot of misperception, I think, amongst the fan base that Ole Miss is superior in fan support and facilities and money and all this, and nobody else cares about baseball, and Ole Miss should be at the top. That just isn't true. I mean, the baseball is the strongest in the SEC that anywhere in the country out of any sport, I believe, whether you're talking about football, basketball, baseball, softball, any of them. So it is really competitive. All right, let's go to the control room uh, for the Around the SEC with Jack Schultz. It's time for this week's report from Around the SEC. Brought to you by Cheney's Pharmacy, home of the Ugly Mug Coffee and TCBY Yogurt. Located next to the library on Bramlett Boulevard. It's March and the madness is about to begin with seven SEC teams in the mix. Kentucky and Tennessee lead the way for the conference, each earning two seeds in the NCAA tournament. The Wildcats face Abilene Christian on Thursday, and the Vols will face 15-seed Colgate. LSU, who won the regular season conference title, is a three-seed set to face Ivy League champion Yale. The Tigers are mired in controversy, though, with Will Wade's continued suspension and involvement in the FBI's college basketball investigation. The SEC tournament champion Auburn Tigers earned a five-seed and a date with New Mexico State on Thursday. Bruce Pearl's team is red-hot, riding a nine-game win streak, including four last week to cut down the nets in Nashville. Mississippi State will trek all the way out to California as a five-seed, facing 12-seeded Liberty. Ole Miss was pleased to receive an eight-seed despite losing five of its last seven. The Rebels will play nine-seeded Oklahoma in Columbia, South Carolina on Friday at 1140. Should Ole Miss win, it would face the winner of the 116 game between Virginia and Gardner-Webb. Florida was the final SEC team to punch its ticket with a 10-seed facing Nevada on Thursday. The Gators would likely face two-seeded Michigan on Saturday if they advance. Alabama was left on the wrong side of the bubble even after winning a game in Nashville. The selection committee included the Crimson Tide as one of its first four out. They are a one-seed in the NIT, however, hosting Norfolk State in Tuscaloosa on Wednesday night. A quick preview of this week's SEC baseball schedule to wrap up. Number six, Vanderbilt hosts number 14, Florida. Number eight, Georgia hosts number 11, LSU. And number 12, Auburn travels to number four, Mississippi State. Three key series among the conference and nation's elite this week. That's all for tonight. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you, Jack. Jack's got a different poll than I, than I saw, uh, or he didn't see this week's that came out today. But regardless, uh Nine teams in the SEC in the top 20. Uh, that's incredible. Just mm-hmm. incredible. And as you said, the SEC. Baseball is the strongest of all to me. No question. I don't think there's any doubt of it from top to bottom. Yeah, yeah. Good, Bad, and Ugly brought to you by Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville, Mississippi. You need a four-wheeler, side-by-side, lawnmower. Big Delta Power Sports is the only place to shop. 
Brett Rousey and his staff will give you a great deal on the model you want with affordable financing and competitive prices. That's Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville. The Rebel baseball team ran into two buzz saws in East Carolina and Louisville at Louisville. Both ranked teams. Louisville's number four in the country. But bounced back to win two of three in a home series over Alabama. Certainly a sweep was desired. But I've said many times before, two out of three in any SEC series is good enough. And that was two. The Rebels dropped down to number 18 in the country, but that's also pretty darn good. Anything in the top 20, I'll take. Basketball team laid an egg in the SEC tournament, falling to Alabama after losing a 14-point second-half lead. But prior to that, Kermit Davis Jr. was named SEC Coach of the Year, and rightfully so. In the worksheet for the year, 20 wins overall and 10-8 and SEC record was good enough for an invitation to the NCAA tournament as an eight seed. Great work despite the SEC tournament showing or no show, if you will. The women's softball team has caught fire, defeating nationally ranked Oklahoma State twice over the weekend in big fashion. Mike Smith's team is now 21 and 7, ranked in the top 25 of the nation. The bad, well, Saturday's baseball game was nothing to brag about as Bama beat the Rebs 8 to 6 in a game when both teams played poorly. Uh, and as we said, the SEC tournament was a bummer. The Good, Bad, and Ugly brought to you by Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville, Mississippi. Remember, Ole Miss plays Oklahoma Friday at 1140 in Columbia. The uh, baseball teams here tomorrow and Wednesday against uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff and then go on the road against Missouri next week. We'll see you next Monday night on the Cannon Motor Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Good night. Howdy toddy.